welcome to the season finale. We saved this episode for last because it's emotional. Definitely the heaviest content we've done so far. Nothing off the deep end, just some straightforward conversation about war and what it does psychologically to a human being. This is a story about darkness and the journey back to the light. Live from beautiful downtown Chattanooga and the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center, this is ValorCast. My name is Brad Carpenter, and I'm a writer, a patriot, and one gigantic history nerd. I invite you to come on a journey with me as I collect tales of courage and sacrifice directly from the recipients of the Medal of Honor themselves. This is ValorCast. First name Gary, last name Bykirk, G-A-R-Y, B-E-I-K-I-R-C-H. I want you to imagine a cave. Conjure a cave in your mind. Don't change your first draft at all. Dirt floor, rock walls, darkness. The real world is right outside the cave, but you can't get to it. You've been here for years. This cave is home. You can't leave because you don't feel like a complete human being. You can't leave because you don't feel welcome out there. This is Gary Bykirk's story. It's a story of how his time in Vietnam put him in a cave. It's also a story of valor. A story of how receiving the Medal of Honor helped him step into the light. Here, we start talking about the Heritage Center and Chattanooga. It's our first time to Chattanooga. Okay. Tennessee has always been a very special place to me. Um, every time I've, I've been down to Nashville at Fort Campbell or yeah. visiting friends in Knoxville, always fell in love with Tennessee and have family that lives in outside of Nashville. First time Chattanooga, and there's some. Uh, uh, I'm thinking that there must be something in the water. You hear that about different places, but there's right. the uh, the friendliness, uh, the patriotism, the love, and genuine. Uh, care that people have from Tennessee it's uh it's hard to beat it so it's always great to come to Chattanooga or anywhere in Tennessee yeah where's home for you western New York western New York so it's good to get out of the the wind and the minus degree weather we We recorded this in February so it was cold many schools were closed that day (laughs) yeah we were supposed to go to a couple of the schools and Uh uh, many of them were closed so they had to do some last minute Mm -hmm. changing and Fortunately, they got us to uh, got me to be able to go visit a middle school, which huh. is a home for me. I, after the military, I spent 33 years as a middle school counselor. Oh wow! Middle so school. young people uh, and making a difference in their lives is and that's, a, that's a place a gr- for me. Middle school is a great age <laughs> to just because you have those kids. They're still kids. Yeah, they're not they're not high school, and they have no idea who they are. So right. it's just a great age of just kind of figuring out. And helping these people grow, mm-hmm. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you're great with those kids. Well, for me, it's not only that they don't have any idea of where they can, what they can be doing, but they don't have an, a real appreciation for the potential that they have mm-hmm. right now. And one of the things that 
that drove me to middle school was that in Vietnam, uh, I was a Green Beret with a 12-man A-team, and we lived in the jungle with a group of mountain yards. It was a, a mountain tribe, a, a tri tribal group of people, ethnic minority. And in the mountain yard culture, anyone that was 12 years old or older became an adult. They needed, they needed to become a contributing member of that community in order for that tribe to, to live and exist. So at 12 years old, people took on adult responsibilities, which in the war meant fighting. We had a 12-year-old that was an M60 machine gunner. And one of the things that I did um, when I got to the jungle was I picked, we picked somebody that was gonna be our bodyguard. And I picked a 15-year-old mountain yard boy named Dale. And I said to him, Dale, you gotta help me learn how to survive out here because I don't like snakes and I don't like the tigers that are out there. And he laughed at me, and he gave me a bit of wisdom that always stayed with me. He said, he said, I don't, I don't want to teach you how to survive in the jungle. He said, I'm going to teach you how to live. He said, because the jungle provides us with our life. We live in the jungle. And he said, I want to teach you how to live there. And Deo and I, for a year, we, we developed a friendship where he taught me how to live. And he, our friendship was tested uh, on the day of the, our siege, April 1st. Um, in 1970, our camp was surrounded for 30 days by 10,000 of the enemy. Wow. And within the first hours of the battle, I was shot three different times and couldn't walk. Um, the things that I did, I did only because Dale, my 15-year-old bodyguard, carried me around and enabled me to do what I did. He was shot in the leg, and when he couldn't carry me anymore, he dragged me. Mm. And so here's this 15-year-old boy that's showing me courage and love like I've never really experienced before. And then we heard a rocket coming in. He rolled me over and laid on top of me and he was killed, mm. protecting me. And so it, that was a hard thing for me to deal with for a lot of years, yeah. um, especially after I received the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I eventually worked through all the anger and the guilt that I was feeling and I was able to get down to uh, really examine and reflect upon our relationship. And that's when I discovered a love and I started to think about Dale and what he meant and the, and the things that he showed me about life and how to live and I said that I want to teach those and try to instill those in other young people so that's when I decided to uh, to work with middle school kids 12 13 14 year old kids Gary that's that's a, a powerful story thank you for for sharing yeah. um, but your passion and your love is just so evident and that story and it's so inspiring and uh, something I want to talk about if you don't mind is the way you felt about the medal when you first received it as opposed mm -hmm. to now yeah. and how that change happened it's a battle mm -hmm. I always you know I often say that um, there's a battle that's fought right that um, people witness and they say you deserve something for that but then when the medal is put around your neck there's another battle that's fought when I found out I was being awarded the Medal of Honor I was trying to forget about the war. Mm -hmm. I was trying to forget about all those feelings that I was that were raging inside of me. And my, my thought was, if I could just forget, I'd get better. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I chose to do to try to forget was I went up into northern New Hampshire, and I lived in a cave for two years. And that's where I was when I found out they were going to give me the Medal of Honor. I'm going to jump back in here. He doesn't mean a metaphorical cave. He means a real cave. Gary lived in a cave for years. After the war, 
Gary came home to a country who hated anyone who wore a uniform, something he wore with pride. But suddenly the America he fought for turned against him. Gary left everything behind and quite literally got off the grid. So here I am in a cave trying to forget about the war and now they're going to give me a medal of honor for it. <laughs> so I went to Washington, ex accepted the medal, went back to my cave and put it in my duffel bag and I never took it out again mm. for seven years because I just didn't know how to make it a part of who I am. I couldn't, right. couldn't wear it. I couldn't understand what it meant. But one of the things I took into the cave with me was a, a Bible. Mm. And I found a verse in the Psalms, that 49, verse 20, it said that man that is in honor and understands not is like a beast that perishes. Mm. And so I got thinking and said, okay, I guess there's some things I gotta understand about not only the Medal of Honor, but understand about the war, understand about life. And that's when I really started to work, have to work through and reflect upon the guilt. And I prayed a lot. God, help me understand what this is. I'm trying to forget, but now you're giving me a medal. What's it all about? Yeah. And so I, re I reflected about um, something that I heard in Vietnam. It, was, uh, it became a life lesson that I used to teach my students that to really live, you must almost die. To those that fight for it, life has a meaning the protected will never know. And I thought about that. Um, it's something I saw in a team house in Vietnam written on, on a wall. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that, to really live, you must almost die. And I thought about Dale. And I thought about him telling me about what it meant to really live. And then I began to learn and understand that when I, teach, when I taught that to my seventh graders, they would say, okay, Mr. B, you mean I gotta almost die in order to really live? And I, I said to him, no, I'm not talking about dying physically. But if you want to know what it really means to live, to have a life that's worthwhile, you must almost die. Die to yourself, thinking about somebody else, sacrifice for somebody. Mm -hmm. That's what life is really all about. And then to, to those who fight for it, to those who fight that battle when you're, when you're given a choice to do something that's right or do something that's wrong, you fight that battle. And if you can make that right choice, if you fight and win, you'll have a meaning to life that those who choose not to fight, those who choose to stay safe, choose not to risk or go out of their comfort zone, choose not to make a difference in someone else's life, they'll never know what life is really all about. But if you wanna really live, deny yourself, mm. fight for what is right, use the courage, sacrifice, be committed to something and fight because life will have a meaning to you that those who choose not to fight, they'll never know it. And then I, so I felt this message being uh, formed in my heart. And then um, God kind of showed me too that, you know, Gary, this medal, it's not about you anyhow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I've come to understand that the, there is an honor that comes with this medal, but it's not about any one person who did any one thing on any one day. Those of us who wear the medal, the first things we would say is, I only did what I was trained to do. I did what the guy next to me would have done. I did what I was supposed to be doing. It was my duty. So what we've, what I've come to understand is that the honor is not about one man who did one thing on just one day. The honor is because this is bigger than one person. It represents every man and woman who every day has gone out and sacrificed, who served. Every person who's realized that there's a different way to live your life. Mm -hmm. 
this medal symbolizes a different way to live your life. Thinking about, caring about, loving other people more than yourself. And when I wear it, I always say that I wear it for his honor because it's only because of God that I survived Vietnam. I should have died, but um, uh, I didn't. And so I wear it for his honor to share that message. Again, it's powerful. Is that, is that your life verse? That's that Psalms? Um, that's one of them. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing your story, how did they find you in the cave? Well, I had a post office box down in Lancaster, okay. New Hampshire, uh, because I was, uh, I was getting a VA check. Uh-huh. And so they, they traced it that way. And I went in my post office box one day, and there was a note that said, be down at the local inn. There's going to be a phone call for you at 6 o'clock. So I went down to the local inn, I was drinking a cup of coffee, and the phone rang, and the person answered it and said, is Gary Biker here? And I said, yeah, that's me. <laughs> they said, come on over. And so I um, went over, and it was a phone call, and it was Washington, and they had told me I was being awarded the Medal of Honor. So they, they sent an officer uh, they sent an officer up to uh, escort me down, and that's how I came out of the cave. He hands me an old photograph of two men. One is an officer, full uniform, pressed, neat, medals on his lapel. Then the man next to him, well, that's Gary. Unkempt, unruly hair, so much hair. He came out of that cave looking like a 1970s folk singer. This was the day he was given his medal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I will have to... Uh, this picture... Wow. You look very happy. Yeah. You have very long hair. Yeah. That's great, man. So... Yeah, the, the person on, the, on the, my left there with that's got the funny look on his face, yeah. she was my escort officer. And, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they, they... Actually, I say there's two things that changed my life uh, that I received in that mailbox. One was the note that I was being awarded a Medal of Honor. And the other was I went to this... I went down there one day about a year after I'd been in the mm-hmm. cave and there was this note that said, hi, my name's Lolly. I've seen you around town and Lancaster's only about 2,000 people in northern New Hampshire and north of the White Mountains. Right. And I'd get these letters two or three times a week and then one day she put a picture uh, in the mailbox. Oh, wow. And he hands me a second photograph, this time of a very beautiful girl. And I said, wow, she's pretty cute. So I'm going to try to find this girl that's uh, interested in me. Beautiful. Yeah, we had one we had one date. A couple weeks later, I said, "So when are you going to marry me?" And she said, "Well, I'll marry you, but you got to come out of the cave." Then <laughs> <laughs> we've been come out of the cave. And we've been married 45 years. 45 years, man! Yeah. Congratulations, kids. Yeah, three kids, 14 grandkids. 14 grandkids. Yep. And she says, like, she always says. I didn't go into that cave with him, but I went into a lot of emotional caves over the 45 years. You see, because I found out that hiding in a cave is not getting better. Right. To forget is not getting better. Getting better is finding someone who will love you, understand Mm. you, listen to you, be there for you no matter what. Somebody that will come into your cave and help you heal. For me, it was God that came into my cave Mm -hmm. and Lolly that came into my cave. And with that love came the healing that I needed and was looking for. With love came the healing. Here we have a broken man. But with faith and Lolly, 
he slowly began to remember that he was a hero. To really live, you have to almost die. I can't thank Gary Burtek enough for coming out to talk with us on the podcast. I have had a blast getting to know everyone in the Medal of Honor community. This was our season finale, but I'm going to let Gary have the last word. Give us a few more life lessons before we go. Well, I would probably go back to the life lessons or lessons about life mm-hmm. that I um, that I would teach my sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. I had three years of curriculum, three years of life lessons, but probably one of the most significant one, aside from that to really live, you must almost die, mm-hmm. would be that one of the things that I've learned in, at this stage in my life, and I'm 72 years old now, but looking back, all the kids that I worked with, you know, with middle schoolers, they all wanted to be rock stars or pro athletes, yeah. you know, and I, would, <laughs> I told them, I hope you can achieve your goals, but let me tell you that in life, there's a big difference between success and significance. Mm-hmm. A big difference between success and significance. And as much as I hope you achieved all your dreams and all the successes that you hope, I, w- I pray that you will achieve a life of significance. You see, because not all of you are going to be pro athletes mm-hmm. or become rock stars. You may not p- possess the talents to achieve your dreams, but you all have the talents to achieve significance. See, because significance comes when you make a difference in someone else's life. Significance comes when you're just there for somebody, when you're needed. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs a, a, a support. Somebody needs an encouragement. Somebody needs you to come up alongside them and say, hey, come on, I'll walk with you a bit. Dale taught me that. Dale never achieved high school, never graduated, never got a high school diploma, never even got a driver's license. Right. Those things that our kids think are so important. So in many eyes, he did not have a life of success, but a life of significance. Dale had a tremendous life of significance because he made a difference in my life. And significance happens when you just care for somebody. Significance happens when you have the courage, when you have the willingness to sacrifice, when you have the strength to be committed to somebody, when you have the integrity to live the life that you know is the right thing to do at the right time. Those things will bring you a life of significance. And in life, there's a big difference between success and significance. So I always prayed that all the students that I worked with would live a life of success, but more importantly, a life of significance. Wow, I mean, this has been an amazing story. Thank you for sharing your pictures of your long hair and your lovely <laughs> wife. My favorite pictures. Two of my favorite pictures. <laughs> I mean, just your heart is huge. And thank you so much for everything you've done. And thank you for sitting today and letting me talk to you. So it's an it's honor. Been an, it's been an honor for me. Thank too. you. Thank you. That's it. We're done. ValorCast is made possible by the great folks at the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center in beautiful downtown Chattanooga. To learn more about the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center, 
the Medal of Honor Society's Character Development Program, or to learn about past Medal of Honor recipients, please visit the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center's website at mohhc.org. That's mohhc.org. ValorCast is hosted, edited, and mixed by me, Brad Carpenter. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, leaving a nice review on iTunes or Spotify would mean the world to us. Thanks again, and we salute you.